Okay, can we do it now? Okay, it's going now. I'll have to edit that out. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of Funny Podcast Presents. This week we're going to be discussing Luke Cage and all things Marvel. What's up, everybody? <laughs> we got Sean Wynn is back in the house. He's decided to grace us with his presence. Uh, he brought presents? He, he did. Yes, actually, I did. He yeah. did. And he gets to take some presents back. Yes, sir. And Nicole is here. Jeremy is away. Uh, a little housekeeping. There was an episode with Jeremy and his new lady that we recorded, and somehow my computer decided I didn't need to save it. Oh, and it, it got lost. There was actually a good seven-minute hilarious window where, because Star Trek Discovery, the new TV show, yeah. its its initials are STD. So <laughs> that got into a whole diatribe of venereal disease. But jokes. also, she's new to the whole Star Trek, Star Wars, and so she was like, "Why are they keep talking about STD?" And the books on her face were pretty funny. Oh man, you have to find this somehow. And we all have to like that. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of discovering it, but when I was editing our Stranger Things podcast that we recorded with our, our friend Brendan, I couldn't find that one because I was going to do a double episode. Makes sense. And I, I couldn't find it, and then you've seen me with this computer and my frustration scale go <laughs> that after about a half hour of looking, I was like, fuck it, and... Just so you listeners all know, he was about ready to punch this laptop <laughs> this morning just to get this show going. So I Hopefully think I understand. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I don't hold out hope for this Asus piece of hardware. It'll be it'll be fine because I'm here. And my voice is magic. There you go. Yes, okay. it's a lovely baritone. It's just you know nice. It's soothing. I'm so modest. <laughs> all right. So, uh, we started off our Luke Cage conversation via text Yes. when I texted you a meme of a comedian who basically said, Luke Cage is the story of a black man in a hoodie who's bulletproof. That isn't a special power. That's straight-up evolution. Yeah, which I, which I greatly appreciated. <laughs> so I was... I, I think that set off the whole thing for me, like, because we hadn't watched the show yet. That okay. came out... That meme was out there before the show had debuted. Okay. And then Nicole and I went to start watching it in our internet tower. We've had problems with the internet in this thing. What is thing. happening in here? <laughs> I think I think it's me. I think there's just me in itself. Just don't touch electronics. Yeah. Just don't touch electronics. That's that's why I'm afraid to replace my iPod, even though my iPod's got so many things wrong with it. But I'm like, no, nah, I think I just need to stick with this until it absolutely dies. Because now it won't even hold the charge. I got to charge it every day. I just can't wait to see how this goes. Somehow you're going to end up on the news. <laughs> Crazy man at a Best Buy goes on a rant. <laughs> Super villain still restart? <laughs> Maybe. I, I guess. I don't know. I hope not. I don't want to be a supervillain. Hey, man. You can start breaking ATMs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go right now. Didn't you? What? Did you seriously break an ATM? ATM? There was something. I know you left your card in one once. But, but that was that or, was or he thought he did it was never turned in so yeah okay that was la- that was last year before the last Kobe Bryant visit to Portland the Laker game and I got all the way to the Moda Center and I was gonna go get me a cup of coffee and I realized I didn't have my card so then I sat on the phone for 20 minutes with U.S. Bank being like you need to cancel that shit wow and where where did it end up being. Like, they don't know. They, they I told them where I told okay. them where I last used it, but that they didn't have a record because if you leave it in the machine and it gets done beeping, it sucks itself back in the machine so nobody could take it. But they looked on their computers and didn't have a record of the machine taking it back in. So somewhere in between, because this is when we lived on Cooch, somewhere in between the Burnside ATM at the Twenty Six Building and the Starbucks on Twenty Eight, my card vanished. And there were like no charges or anything? No, no charges. Nobody turned it in. Nothing. Just disappeared to the universe. Well, I mean, actually, you you got yourself lucky. Yeah, no, I've been the victim of identity theft before. Uh, Me too. Uh, Last time it happened was in Chicago. And uh, let me tell you, 
I got the money back, so it was no big deal. But the charges were outrageous. About Ten bucks at a gas station, thirty bucks at a Baskin Robbins, <laughs> and three hundred dollars at a Chuck E. Cheese. Whoa! Somebody had to pay for the kid's birthday. Exactly. It might as well have been you. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then went to Baskin Robbins afterwards. Oh, hey, you know what? That reminds me. On a related note, uh, I saw a, a story in the paper last year about a Chuck E. Cheese, and I think you'll find this interesting. Uh, there was a Chuck E. Cheese in outside of Chicago that they found out had a satanic torture dungeon in the basement in the same area where three teenagers were missing. Okay, well, that, that negates my my comment of that's awesome. To, to <laughs> that's cool. Right. Oh, that's... But there you go for all you people that want to visit Chuck E. Cheese. You think about that. Did they find razor blades and stuff in the balls at one point? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Funny, funny thing. I have never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh no, you missed that. <laughs> yeah. My growing up, growing up, if my dad heard that uh, any one of our friends had a party at Chuck E. Cheese, he's like, "Nah, you ain't going to that party." But everybody's gonna be there. You ain't going to Chuck E. Cheese. He never told us why, but there was this whole thing like, "No, you're not going to Chuck E. Cheese." You know what that means, right? But you probably knew. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But also, growing up, we didn't have McDonald's. McDonald's, you couldn't have McDonald's. Burger King and Wendy's were the only acceptable fast food restaurants. You could never go to McDonald's. I didn't have okay. I didn't have McDonald's until I was a teenager. I need to speak to this man. You didn't like clowns, I bet. I you bet that's what it is. I hope it's that simple, but I also hope that there's a huge conspiracy that I don't know about. I I I never understood it. It was just it was there were certain places you ain't allowed to go. You ask and you get back to me because I want to know. I'll remind him. At, at this point, with all the health things that happened, he may not remember why. He doesn't remember half the stuff that happened when I was a kid. But, okay, but, like, maybe you bring it up, and now yeah. he'll start, like, saying the things that he hadn't, hasn't told you oh, yet. Oh, the, the secrets? <laughs> yes. The secrets? This is when the secrets come out. Yeah. My, dad's, my dad was always weird and funny like that, where it was just, you know, there are places that are acceptable, and there are places that are not acceptable, and you are not allowed to do either. You know? Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to Luke Cage. How about before we get into spoilers and controversial reactions to the show, okay. uh, white people being butthurt, uh, <laughs> my resp- I sent her an, a link to uh, an article where it showed tweets of these people and some of their claims, oh, yeah, and, and my subtext under it was freaking white people. Right. Uh but so let's get our initial reviews, impressions, feelings, non-spoilery, and then we can dive into it and what we love, didn't like, whatever. And then we're going to segue that into an overall topic of Marvel villains. Okay. Cinematic villains, or TV villains, just overall that. So let's start with Nicole for your... He's the guest, I'm sorry. But it's, we're, we're changing it up. We're, I'm it's, okay, it's anarchy. I have a lot to say, so... I it's, know, but I don't have anything to say right this second, so... All right, I'll go then. All right, Sean. Okay, so my overall feelings about the Luke Cage show. Um, okay, I'll say this. I love the show. It put me in a very weird place. Okay. Only because, and, and just for this reason alone, when I go to watch stuff like Daredevil and like Jessica Jones, or like even if I'm watching the CW stuff, Flash and Arrow, okay. it is because I'm trying to escape. It's this straight-up escapism. For yeah. Me. You know, and, you know, because all of that stuff is usually, like, you know, out-of-pocket bullshit <laughs> that is <laughs> so far-fetched, you know, um, that it's just fantasy and all that. But when I watched Luke Cage, though I loved every minute, it was too real for me. Like That influx of reality that, was... Yeah, like, I mean, I deal with that, the stuff in that show on a daily basis, so... To watch it and like like try to get my entertainment from it, it was more like oh well you know this is a reminder of my life and it was more like edutainment and which I which I love as well but I was like man this is just too real and just too I actually had to watch Luke Cage and go watch the silliest fucking cartoon I could find just because I still needed that escapism okay you know because it was just so it, not in my face it was just like it really pulled at every single heartstring I have. Um, but overall, like I said, I love the show because this is, I think, the first Netflix show that had, like, 
so many Easter eggs. Like, they were, like, straight up, like, hey, we're putting a ton of stuff in here for you guys. Yeah. For you comic book heads, for you just, you know, whatever. But not only that, everybody knows, like, I'm a huge hip-hop junkie. Yeah. And so the Easter eggs on the comic level were great, but the hip-hop stuff was amazing. Like the every title's after a gangstar song? Exactly. Yeah, so, like, overall, to me, that just made that made my month. <laughs> so, um, yeah, overall, I, like I said, I loved it. But, yeah, we'll get further into it. Yeah. Uh, my initial impressions were it may be my favorite thing that Marvel's done on Netflix so far. For the fact that, <clears throat> if the listeners don't already know, straight white male in America, I got things, I got some privilege, okay? So I'm not, let's acknowledge it. Uh, but a lot of the things that were referenced, the, the literature, the history, were oh, things yeah. that I had gone into, the Harlem Renaissance, everything I'd gone into detail when I was at Portland State and we did an African studies courses, cause I just, I'd like learning about other things, especially getting outside of, what my social norm is. Right. I loved and good on you. other cultures and going to other things. And I grew up being a reggae, ska, and punk fan where those all those things tend to blend. And I liked old school hip hop. I wasn't too much of, I never liked anything pretty much post Biggie and Tupac. Kind of, <laughs> kind of got, well, just as a, as a year marker of a 1996, 97. Right. Was things after that I started not being able to relate to, even though I couldn't relate to a lot of it, but it just didn't speak to me on those levels. Right. So being able to watch this show, get a sense of political and sociological realism going in there, I found it as, you know, edutainment, you know. But I also, my hope was, before I even saw people's reactions were, I'm loving this so much, I hope while being set fictionally, it can take people outside of what they're familiar with and be able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes so that maybe when they start watching the news, they could relate better or they could not relate, maybe empathize more because they have an understanding, even if it's only fictional and it's not personal, they still may be able to empathize and sympathize and maybe that will motivate them into greater action and not just, and not just going, Oh, well that, that sucks. Or, you know, the, the stereotypical response you see from middle white America when it comes to police violence and all those type of things. But uh, I will say, from the first episode, when they're in Harlem's Paradise, and Sadiq comes on, I look over at her, I'm like, before they even mention his name on there, because I hadn't seen the picture of Raphael Sadiq since I saw him in concert in the early 2000s, was I'm like, ooh, that's Sadiq. And she like, I said the same thing, man. I did the same thing. He said, how old do you think that guy is? And I, I asked her that later, and she's like, oh, I don't know, like our age? I'm like, I didn't think that young. Yeah. But no, the, it's crazy the way he looks, looks exactly the same yeah. from like his Tony 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 days. Yeah, and when I sent you that text, I was and I was told Nicole, like, first time I saw that guy was House Party Two playing the campus party <laughs> with Tony Tony Tony. Yeah, but and if that that doesn't speak to what I was watching as a kid, House Party <laughs> was one of those things I like. Uh, but yeah, it had me on that. I'm not the biggest Faith Evans fan. Yeah, but even her stuff was was good on there. But just the going through, even to the end. Method Man's quote unquote freestyle rap right, right. on Sway's show was just one of those things where it was it was a nice influx, but I think what got me the most was history. Yeah. There was a sense of of a cultural history that doesn't get play. Yeah. In history I've actually, books. If, with that with that in mind, I've actually been telling people like because there's still some friends of mine who haven't watched Luke Cage yet, yeah. but there's also some friends of mine who haven't watched the Get Down yet. So I've been saying, like, hey, if you're gonna catch up Watch the get down in Luke Cage because that's straight up before and after, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, while the get down is, you know, definitely way more musical and fantastical, you know, like you get to see like hip hop at its birth, yeah. and then the era now, you know, so those two shows can kind of go hand in hand. So, yeah, I think uh, one of the things I liked about it, and what I think kind of that sense of realism is what pulls it above. Like I love Jessica Jones. And I like Luke Cage coming into it because uh, it, it felt within the storyline and there's history there. I, at first, I really wanted to see Iron Fist. Before I even watched Luke Cage, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the Iron Fist cameo. But then as the show started going along, I'm like, no, no, he better not make any appearance whatsoever. This needs to be solely this right. without any other influences. And they make reference to a lot of things. Yeah. 
going in, which was, which was nice. But it was almost like this nice self-contained story that you don't need to watch anything else. You don't need to have knowledge of anything else. Daredevil or Jessica Jones. She just said, I know a lawyer. Right. They said that a couple times. Hell's Kitchen was mentioned, but yeah. yeah, And then they mentioned his, uh, Pops mentioned his rebound chick, which was Jessica Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, right. Although I feel like he really could have used some Matt Murdock when the police had his ass. Like, yo, you need a lawyer. Well, and that's when she said, I know a really good lawyer. And then his his buddy found, but we're getting into this point. So, you know. Whatever. Yeah, let's not get into too many spoilers. I, I did want to say this though, uh, with the with Luke Cage, like obviously it's a it's a very important show to me, but uh, Jessica Jones was equally as important because of its because of its important message to society as well. Yeah. Because like the the treatment of women. Yeah. You know, and just and just abuse in general, like that just spoke volumes, and mm-hmm. it's a hard show to watch. That was a hard show for me to watch too, because that was. Well, and the, those topics that it brought up uh, had a lot to deal with rape and what do you what is your definition of rape, control, misogyny, uh, all those other things. But those were prominent themes, but they seemed more thinly veiled. Like they were they were they were brought up, but it was if you weren't paying close attention, those were easier to miss. Where I think these yeah. ones were very much on the sleeve, out in the open, and we're not going to pull any punches here. Whereas the other one, you got those themes, especially when it comes to Purple Man. But it didn't. It wasn't the one where it's like, no, 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 no. We're solely talking about this, right? You know, like there was there was a little bit more to it because she has a little bit more different struggles than I would say Luke Cage does. Well, I, yeah, definitely. And also, too, I mean, that was an earlier Netflix show, and yeah. they're probably testing those boundaries too to see. Not, I mean. How people would take it. How people would take it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a tough subject to approach even when you're trying to educate. Right. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, let's. Let's 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 talk nation reaction, and then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the actual show. Okay. May May I? Yeah. Uh, uh, please. Um. I I wanted to start by saying this. Okay. So I saw a, at least four of those articles. Uh, posted up about white folks going crazy, you know, about Luke Cage being too black. But the four articles I saw kept using the same tweets. Yeah. So I don't know what the nation's actual reaction is. I do know that there were some ignorant-ass tweets out there, of course. And I'm sure, you know, that there are plenty of people that feel that way. But, you know, I don't have a a proper gauge. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up as well. But there was some... It brings up in me some issues where words get thrown around where I think people don't have an idea of what the true meaning of that word is. So when there is this one person, and this tweet was on every single article, where this woman said, uh, Luke Cage is racist, where's the diversity, where's all the white people? And I wanted to be like, I don't think you understand what racism means. Maybe you could say it's biased, prejudiced, bigoted. You could use those words, but you can't use the word racism because that's that connotates power over somebody else and yeah. subjugation. It's thrown around a lot. And it's, it's, I, I guess maybe being a word nut, that kind of pissed me off where it's just like, Hey, word nut or not, man, I, I agree. I'm not a word nut, but I know exactly yeah. the point that, that is not being made. So, yeah. So that's, that was my one beef. But then also I wanted to be like, did you watch it past the first episode? Because <laughs> there was, there was white people all throughout that whole show. You yeah. Know, and that, other. Yeah. And other. And and, it, yeah. Other. And it was like, are you, are you kidding and me? It, and then they go. The show they, was about a black guy. So. <laughs> right. In Harlem. Yeah. In Harlem. <laughs> but when they're like, and then one of the tweets said, of course, a stereotypical corrupt white cop. I'm like, you must not have gotten to the later episodes where there was a, a black detective beating on a young black male mm-hmm. because of an old white cop getting killed. Like, did you miss some no, they never made other, it that far. Yeah, no. and it was just... I, I guess maybe it's frustrating where people are jumping to conclusions without actually having done further investigation into it. But I shouldn't be shocked yeah. because that is a part, a mainstay of our culture nowadays. Or belief structure, especially internet, 24-hour news media. People 
see one thing, hear one thing, and immediately jump to conclusions. Well, well, well and you and, and you know what's funny too is like I and I haven't even bothered to look at any of these articles, but there there are black people out there too who are also mad at the show for some reason or another. I didn't really bother to look at them because I don't I don't really give a fuck what they're talking about. To be honest, I'm yeah. just like okay, whatever. If you found some reason to be mad at this show, that's whatever. Yeah, I mean, if if it was if it was as simple as like I just didn't like the show because it didn't speak to me. Sure, right. Cool. You are allowed to like and dislike whatever you want. I guess maybe it's the the former political scientist in me that says I want you to have an understanding of why you don't like something, and that's okay. But I want you to be able to articulate why you don't like something, not just nah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, you know. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, or why you didn't even, like, go and figure out, why does this not, like, why do you not like it? And what does that say? But it's been on my mind that, like, you know, because I have, obviously, I live in Portland, and I have a lot of white friends, and I'm like, how are they going to take this show? I mean, it's important to me, and it means a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to me. What will it mean to them? And, you know, will it be accepted? And, um... For the most part, most of my friends are like, yeah, this is this is important. I get the message. This needs to be out there. And then I have some people, too, who just feel guilty. You know, and there's this level of white guilt that comes out. And I'm like, are you the one? Are you part of the problem? Like, yes, yes, you may have a certain you know, level of privilege and all that. But are you out there actively doing something? Like, should you feel guilty? Yeah. You know, because if, you, if you're not, if you're, if you're actually, you know, working with us, in the struggle, then stop feeling guilty and just keep standing up. Yeah, that's what we need. We don't need you to feel bad. We need you yeah. to do something. <laughs> your, <laughs> your guilt should motivate you into action, not into debilitation. Exactly. You know. You know, and I, I feel bad that they feel that, they, that you know the show was hard for them to watch just because. So for some people, it's a real eye opener right now. Yeah. You know, if, if you've already ignored all the news stories and the paper and the, you know the way the media presents stuff isn't isn't always the best anyway. Um, but then you see, like, you know, you get this comic book show and it has, like, the same messages and now you're forced to pay attention to it? <laughs> it's probably overwhelming for a lot of people. And they shouldn't feel guilty for what they're... I mean, as long as they're not doing it, they shouldn't feel guilty for what our ancestors did. They should change and not be well, like them. Well, I mean, well, like like my own wife, you know, because my wife is white and she has she struggles with it, too, when we talk, we talk about stuff like this. And she has a certain level of guilt, too. I'm like, you're not doing anything to me or to my people. So don't feel a bit like ancestors not, or even some of the people that are still doing things today. I'm like, you can't be responsible for them. Right. Okay. And I know that they're putting your people in a bad, bad light right now, <laughs> you know, because it's, 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 it's being broadcast everywhere. But what your responsibility is to, to go and be the exact opposite. Well, to bring up a, a, a quote from the show where they talk about Cain and Abel, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. Yeah. You are, you know, you can feel guilty that this is happening, but that that question right there is saying, yeah, you're responsible to speak up and, and say something. Yeah. You know, there's that old adage where, uh, in reference to Nazi Germany, where they talk about when they came for the gypsies, I didn't stand up and say anything. When they came for the Jews, I didn't stand up and say anything. And when they came for me, there was nobody to stand up and say anything. It's like, yeah. you know, if you're spoke, you should feel compelled as a part of the human race to stand up and say something because, like the old civil rights adage, it's injustice anywhere, it's injustice everywhere. Yeah, no doubt, man. But I, 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 I don't know if it's, especially in America, uh, a fault that lies with the education system and with parents at home because these are hard topics and nobody wants to deal with these topics. Yeah, in, certain, they're not, they're not. in certain cultures because of that guilt or of that ignorance of the of the real facts. Right. I'm trying to I mean like the school systems don't really approach any subjects on, you know, uh, important historical topics. You know, like they stick to five and that's about it. That's yeah. Get, so well, and it's also uh, like an analogy I used to use in these conversations are, look at General Custer. After the battle at Little Bighorn, General Custer was held up as a pinnacle of this fine, upstanding American <laughs> and his fight against the savage and him being betrayed and slaughtered. Right. You fast forward to the 60s, he is 
deified and demonized as that racist bigot who's subjugating a whole people and genocide, responsible for genocide. And then you try to find out where's the real story. It's probably somewhere in the middle because history is written by the victor and history is also written by the culture at the time and how they perceive it. So you can look at, take one person out of history and view him throughout the ages, him or her throughout the ages, and the perspective on that said person has changed multiple times that we may not know what the real and whole truth is of the matter and where it's usually it's probably somewhere down the middle. Aspects of each side of it going both back and forth. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I can, I can, I can definitely agree to that. I can tell you there's definitely somebody else who made the list before him and that was Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> what is that meme? It's where it says like, uh, we're gonna we're going to class. And we're gonna learn about the first mass murderer in American history. And like who? Columbus? And the person's like, uh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's weird. Okay, let's uh let's let's get a move off the heady stuff and get that in, was pretty heavy, yeah. And get into the the nitty gritty of the actual show. So, I put a post on Facebook when we started it, saying, "Give me some of that sweet Christmas." And she looks at me, she's like, sweet Christmas. I'm like, it's his catchphrase. And I'm like, but I hope they don't overuse it. Because I saw a lot of links on like Nerdist.com. They're like, things that uh, Luke Cage needs to avoid. And one of them was sweet Christmas. I'm like, how can you no, avoid? No, why would you avoid sweet Christmas? You have to have that. Yeah. And it took four episodes before he used it. And four he or five only said it like five times, right? Yeah, he said yeah. it. And from then, once an episode on, he, or every other episode, he found a way to do it. My most favorite part of the whole show, besides seeing Sadiq in that first episode, yeah. was when he finally breaks out of prison, <laughs> he finds the clothes on the wire, he's got the chain, he looks just like he would in the 70s in the Power Man comics with full <laughs> with black exploitation, <laughs> and he's got the metal crown, and he sees himself in a car's reflection, I look like a damn fool. I loved it. I, loved it. <laughs> I almost fell off the couch, man. <laughs> Brilliant. I was like, yeah, I knew that they were gonna work that in there somehow, but uh, yeah, that was probably a highlight for me. And uh, I did want to talk about uh, one moment in the show that was a highlight for me, and it, and it's the reason why I'm gonna go back and watch it again because, like I said, it, it has something to do with Easter eggs, and I'm and I'm sorry, I'm going to give this one away. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it was the scene with Misty Knight. And it was the IA guy interrogating her, or or, or the psychology guy. Yeah, yeah. Her. When he comes in and he brings her that lemonade, and he just says lemonade, and she says it's a popular drink, and he says and it's and it still is, or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. The reason that blew me away is because that is a gangstar lyric. You know, and I don't know if a lot of people caught that, but I was like, it's actually one of my favorite Gangstar lyrics. And I was like, snap, there's hip-hop lyrics in the dialogue? Yeah. I need to go back and pay attention. So, for me, I'm like, yeah, second time. Yeah, I did not I did not catch that. I'm not as familiar with Gangstar as I should be, because as I said, I've moved steadily away from yeah. newer hip-hop. I'll fix that, though. <laughs> there we go. Uh... I think the uh, all the Mama Mabel backstory oh, wow, stuff yeah. that had that had its roots firmly in the beginnings of the comics, and when you talk about Black Mariah and Cottonmouth, mm-hmm. and that there were all this sort of um, black exploitation history that were a major major influence on the initial run of the comics. That's why it, one of the reasons why it came about was to capitalize. I mean. Marvel did do these things where they wanted to capitalize on these certain markets where they didn't have. Because Luke Cage was created by a white guy who was fascinated by right. like, Shaft and Pam Greer, all those you know staples of the 1970 black cinema, which I think are forgotten today. Uh, yes and no. Uh, well, yeah. overlooked as it, it's its importance in cinema history in the 20th century. Okay. That's probably better way yeah, to say no, it. Yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I also did like the other influences that um, literature plays a big role. And there's a lot of quotes from uh, seminal black literature, especially of the early 20th century. Oh, yeah. Uh, that get missed so much so that there's actually, you can go online, I was going to bring it up, but I was too busy cooking this morning, of the list of 
you want to know what books they're talking about. Oh, yeah. Here's I've, the, I've watched it. I've looked at that list. Yeah, and they're actually, I mean, I've read several of them. I can't quote them or tell them, but there were some where I, I've heard that before. I looked at the list. Yep. 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 Uh, and I think that's what got me the most. It was that you went to all these historical places within Har within Harlem, and you can talk about now that some of those places are actually going away because of gentrification, because of expansion in the urban growth yeah. areas and moving out. And that New York, Manhattan itself is a very tiny place and there are not very many places left to grow and expand. And so now you're going into these older cultures, uh, which are predominantly one race or another, you know, yeah. and are now starting to see this mix, which some people may view as good. Some people may view as bad, but like the message with Christmas Addicts, where he's talking about that she wants to change that. She's already got a building new name for it. And uh, as Luke Cage is standing there at the end of, what was it, episode three, and it goes into the beginning of episode four. Right. Uh, what I loved about the Christmas Addicts thing, besides the history, was I think you could hold that whole sequence up to Daredevil season one when he's in the basement trying to free the kidnapped kid. To the stairwell sequence with the biker gang. Yep. You know, those have those long takes where it's brutal and it's just a lot of fighting and stuff happens outside of the frame and it keeps coming back in. So almost as if you're stuck in a solitary view and you're seeing stuff coming in and out and your brain's left to fill in the gray matter of what's happening outside the frame. Mm -hmm. Pieces it all together and formulating lots of thought patterns all at once. Yeah. I, I did really enjoy that. I, I did as well. Um, and, and, and actually, that's one of the scenes that was was causing me, like, Luke Cage, like I said, brought out a lot of emotions for me. And I was happy, I was angry, and I was sad all at the same time. It's just like, this is this is great, this is great. And also, this is terrible, because it's so, so true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, um, go ahead. Uh, another thing I enjoyed as a perspective that isn't, shown too much is how he is steadfastly against people referring to him as the n-word oh yeah and where he's in that uh how offended he is that a young brother's pointing a gun at him and calls him that in front of christmas addicts that was another thing where i i thought to myself i was like you know what this is a good message I really hope that reached the people. To be put out that there are some, you know, because there are stereotypes out there where, you know, especially with a lot of, in a lot of white cultures and uh, appropriation of other cultures, a lot of the young kids who like hip-hop appropriate the fashion and the lingo and want to be able to use that word. Right. And you're like, no, you can't, and here's why. But even more so, there is, not everybody likes to use that word, and there's uh, subsets within each population where it's mm -hmm. just like, no, that word is a front and offensive. There's subsets and there's evolution. Because I'm going to tell you, man, I myself was a user of that word for a long time. And I think I stopped using that word maybe 10, 10 years ago, if if I'm lucky that it's that long. It, it just something sparked in me and changed in me as I got older. And I was just like, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I using this word? Why do I need to hold on to that? Like even, and, and you know, like I said, growing up on hip hop and rap and all that, like it's it's in a, a majority of the songs that I love, yeah. and now like I listen to it and it, and, it, and I ain't gonna lie, it hurts me a little bit. Like I go back and listen to it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in old hip hop that I really don't say or cater to right now because I'm you know I'm old and I'm a little, and I think I'm a little bit wiser. But that word is like the main thing that's just like man, it just picks at me. I'm like I don't. I don't want to keep passing that around because I kind of want it to stop from everybody. Yeah. So there Isn't is there that one point where he's in the park and the kid comes up behind him. Yeah, that's where that, that's that's yeah, that's what we're I talking about. I thought you about. said he was in front of somebody. He was in front of Christmas Addicts. Oh, the oh, he's in the park in front of him. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it's like going back to when I used to really listen to a lot of KRS One. The only time he used that word was in an example of. Why you shouldn't use that word, and it's an affront to him. Exactly. And it was like those things. But then you get into early gangster rap with things like N.W.A., where it wasn't using it as a it wasn't a, a glorification. It was a glorification, but it was one of those things that it was trying to get you be up in your face about it 
because it makes right. people uncomfortable. But then it got it snowballed into a whole other thing where it became a subset of language where it's just. Is it became, that, or is it them saying, you know what, we're not going to let it hurt us anymore, so we're going to use it so you can't use it? The problem, right. and I happen to think that that caters to a lot of other stuff. Like, let's take something as simple as the show The Boondocks, right? Oh, I love that show. Me too. I love The Boondocks. And actually, I used to, I, I own the books. I have uh, all the comic strips and everything. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, but this, here's the thing. For me, the show, while it was important and had great messages, I feel like society might have missed a lot of that. Because, you know, you don't, you don't really pay that much attention to Huey, who is the one you really should be listening to. But but Riley steals the show, and he's the most he's the ignorant little brother, yeah. and he's the funny one, and that's and then it just becomes it becomes more it, it's less of a message, and then becomes more of a minstrel show, in, in my opinion. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but what I what I uh, to go off on the Boondocks and why I liked it, my favorite character of the show was Granddad, and it oh, was Granddad's great. Yeah, I loved Huey. I always looked at Riley was the ignorant, uneducated one. Huey was the educated one who goes to too far of extremes. Exactly. And Granddad was, believe it or not, the the most, I guess you could say, like they looked at him and made him look like he was an idiot. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he was the one who was most experienced, he was the one who actually was the voice of reason and mm -hmm. spoke from an, a point of view of truth. But his those grandkids were on vastly divergent scenes and Granddad was right down right the middle. middle yeah. uh, that's... <laughs> Um, you know, and I think there were times where they went a little too far uh, on some some some, things, some way. Yeah. Um, there were ones where it's like, okay, this this episode's not about not about education. This is straight up comedy, and we're gonna make right. fun. Like, of it, like I said, it lost focus. Yeah, you know, at the start of it, the season one was all you know, like I got it, you know. But by the time you get to season three, it's like, is this still the same show? Yeah, when you Colonel know? when Colonel Stinkmaner he ends up coming back, yeah. and you're just like. Okay, we we you the train has officially were were fantastic. Yeah, I, I did love Mike Epps' performance. I used to do that quote all the time until people stopped knowing what I was talking about, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, not, I'm not gonna yeah. do the Mo Guns the whole time. But somebody's always gonna miss read it and take it to another level where it the meaning gets lost. Yes. Well, and there's also that old expression that the author is dead, and yeah. and you know whereas. You know, author, authorial intent, artist intent, things to something, and that message gets interpreted in their own ways, and, and what and what is most relatable and palatable for the individual. Like, truths are in the eye of the beholder. Oh yeah. So I think that's, but I think what the best thing about Luke Cage is if it can spark one conversation between anybody, yeah. then it's already done its part. While also entertaining. Well, yeah, it's it's well on its way. This is already there. But. I mean, it's there were reports that it it broke Netflix's download yeah. records in the first weekend Jump alone. Was great. Um, but I also hope it it goes back and it and invites people to go back and relook at Jessica Jones and see these yeah. find these different topics and even Daredevil. Even da Daredevil yeah. on the surface doesn't look like there's a higher message, but there is a whole message in there. About the nature of faith and belief. Yeah, I, I picked up on that too. Each each show that Netflix has done has has definitely been a oh God, just a solid piece of work that just is really reaching your soul on different levels. Like, yeah, man, these are comic book shows, right? But like, it's so it's so much more important than that. Which then will segue into this other topic, yeah. where I am going to allege that the best villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have only been seen in the Netflix shows. Oh, totally agree. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a Loki fan at all, really. No, and here's the thing, is that, and this is this was brought up, I saw an original article around it at a time when uh, Ant-Man came out. The problem with the movies is that all the villains in the Cinematic Universe, minus two, are the antithesis of the main protagonist. They are the exact opposite. They have the same power. And it's even more, and it's not just Marvel that does this. It's in the DC shows. It's in the DC movies. That the, oh, yeah, you're absolutely that right. That they're all the villains in each of the movies are the exact opposite, have the same powers, but a different mindset, than your main hero, than your main protagonist. 
and that the only time that you see those differences, I, I would hear arguments about how Loki is different than Thor, but not so much. They're both Asgardian. They both come from the same power, right. though they may have a different power set or a focus, whereas Thor might is just is the muscle and Loki is the brains. You still are dealing with two Asgardians going against each other. Iron Man. Iron Man 1, it's Obadiah in a suit. Iron Man 2, it's Whiplash and Justin Hammer. It's the, the two sides of the coin that are exact opposite to Stark. Captain America. Well, we can talk about Red School. We can talk about Bucky <laughs> Barnes. Like each, except for one movie, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's yeah. the only one where the villain is not the exact opposite of your main hero. He was a, an amalgamation of some other stuff, man. I don't know. I don't know. They run the accuser was looked weird to me. But. Yeah, but it it does fit because you know in the Agents of Shield TV show they were all talking about the Cree and their experiments on humans. So you got to see what a true Cree was at its. I just meant that he was weird. No, no, he should be there. Yeah, no, he was just fine. weird. He was just way too powerful to me because I, you know, I'm a comic book guy. Yeah, and I'm like, well, the accuser cannot be Drax. He just couldn't. I, not yeah. Yeah, Drax the Destroyer. He's literally built to kill Thanos, and, and he's got problems with Ronan. But I think they explained that well enough in the movie that his focus was different because he was his heart was set on grief and revenge, and not on the focus of destroying. He wasn't utilizing his grief properly, so therefore he had weakened himself because he was blind. Okay, I I'll take that for now. I I will take that as a as a suitable answer, even though I don't necessarily buy it. Right. I, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, I see where you're coming from. But, so, where would we rate our villains in all of Marvel Cinematic Universe? We agree that the Netflix villains are the best. But how would we rate them on the scale? Because I'm, I'm torn. Uh, now, okay, so what scale are we talking about here? Just an intensity or just character development? You know, uh, overall, overall, overall. Yeah. When you take all the factors into it, I want to say I, I, I'm I'm torn because it's 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 David Tennant's Purple Man, yeah, and it's Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, King and they the they they are right up neck and neck. But I think Kingpin edges out Purple Man in my in my view, and it's. <laughs> it's making me. But oh, but no, no not necessarily because Kingpin is smart as hell. Yeah, he is. He's he's devious and he's wicked. I think yes. what edges Kingpin ahead for me is the history of Kingpin and the fact that there was this once a Ben Affleck movie of Daredevil where <laughs> I love this actor Michael Clark Duncan. They didn't utilize him as Kingpin well enough, so you got to see how you do Kingpin wrong. And then how you do Kingpin right. Yeah. Because Michael Clark Duncan, as fantastic as an actor as he was, it almost was like a caricature. Kingpin was then, wasn't taken seriously. And then, there's so much about that movie. That you can't say, like, that whole movie you can't but, the, but see, but that's what I mean. Is that's, smart in that movie. No, no but see, that's kind of there. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's, yeah. that's why when you have an example of diarrhea, and somebody brings filet mignon out to you, you really appreciate the filet mignon. <laughs> yeah, true that, man. Um, but, I think, but I think David Tennant's Purple Man is so much more shocking because the fact is, you know this actor as the doctor, you haven't seen really seen him play that insipid, insidious evil. <laughs> you know, is that fact. But he's not the only doctor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be a, a bad guy. Christopher Eccleston was the Dark Elf. Yeah, that's right. I forget about that. Yeah. Which could be the worst villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though he is not doesn't have the same power set as Thor. He's one of the examples where it was somebody completely different. He's a nasty creature. He is a nasty creature, but the execution wasn't there, which makes him rate lower on my list. Right. I see. Well, well, well our, the fact that I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. Tell you something. So. There you go. It's like Oscar Isaac as uh, Apocalypse in the last X-Men movie. We're not going Well, <laughs> funny thing is, I, we were at Fred Meyer, and I look over, I'm like, look, X-Men Apocalypse is out. Remember when we went and saw that? Oh, yeah. Who was in that? What was in that? <laughs> that that was the problem with that movie, that it was entirely forgettable. Yep. Almost like Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, I, I think I might want to rewatch that. I like the last Cat movie. I saw that a few times. So, 
Yeah. I, I, I do want to get Ultron because there are some things in the Marvel Universe that I'd like to rewatch for little things. And I thought cinematography-wise, Age of Ultron was one of the best because you had these epic scenes that were like the splash page come to life. Mm. Where you had that little thing where if you paused it, you could go search through the book and find that exact scene. Where, it, But I don't think that's the best example of that. You have to go to Sin City for that. But Makes sense. but I do think Age of Ultron had great things in it. It's just it's execution lacking. Like I, I enjoyed Civil War, but I wasn't head over heels for it like everybody else was. Because I think they... They're gun shy and they hesitated and somebody, in my estimation, somebody had to die. And they're yeah, I was and, cracking up that you know they made those complaints about all the heroes destroying shit, and then they had that big ass fight in this you know expensive ass airport. Yeah, <laughs> I do uh, love I do love people who are, uh, especially in the Star Wars community, who are anti CGI and like practical effects, practical effects, and those are the same people like Civil War was so dope, but like you realize there was not a real thing on that entire airport scene that was. A hundred percent CGI. Yes, it was. But people don't don't like to see that thing because you're inclined one way as opposed to the other. True. Let's go back to Age of Ultron for a second. Okay. Because it made me think of something. Andy Serkis. Uh, as his, Ulysses S. Claw. Yeah. So that should make the villain list. Uh, he, because actually, I, I enjoyed his performance more than Ultron. I I do like it, especially when he talk. Let's talk kettlefish. You right. know, the whole kettlefish analogy was. Was actually fantastic. I, I think I think he's gonna be the one to watch because you know he's the villain in Black Panther. I don't think they're gonna do him as the villain in Black Panther. Uh, oh, hey, and have you seen the news that Forrest Whitaker just signed on to Black Panther? Yes, and I'm so psyched for it. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be clawing it. I know. I'm think he's gonna be clawed, but I don't think he's gonna be the main villain. No, not the main villain. They actually have several villains. Yeah, and I think because so. I think there's gonna be a lot of that internal strife within Wakanda is what they're gonna play off of. The most, I think, Claw's going to be the anti- Claw's going to be the reason for Baka. I think his name is. Well, there's Manate and there's Claw for sure. Yeah, Manate, Manate, but I was remembering his real name was yeah, Baka or something like that. Where they're going to use that, and I, which is good, but I, I wish they would focus on something external from Wakanda for the first movie before you go in to show the internal struggle within. What we within talk the, about within the continent in general, we're yep. going to have to because they're going to be trying to get out? in. Yeah, uh, I think we got another year. Another year, yeah. next year, yeah. next year. The next next one coming out is Doctor Strange, which uh, which oh great, Mad Mickelson. What is he? Yeah, he's an evil magician. And was a, who's the main guy? Uh, Doctor Strange, a magician. Magician. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we're 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 following that. Hey, at least it's not going to be like a repeat of like the Blood God or Parallax or some weird shit like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's some big ass weird bubble monster fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, to get back onto villains, because you know I do have to give some credit to Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth was that brother. First of all, he could wear the shit out of a suit. <laughs> okay. Um, Bringing the three piece back, right? Um. For me, like his backstory was equally as traumatic as Kingpin's. Like you, it was I, tragic. I, it it was, was tragic, and I was feeling like, like man, they have a really, they're really good at making you feel for the villain, man. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh man, sorry, I probably would be a villain too. Yeah. Well, and then even with Mariah, I thought to myself before you got her, oh, before yeah. you dealt with the whole incestuous rape stuff, where it yeah. was like, where it was just kind of like. I just don't get her character, and I don't like. I did not have an uh, a understanding, though I had comic book knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an understanding of where they were coming from with her on this one. Yeah. Until you got to that one part, and you're like, "Oh, she's vicious." Oh yes, yeah. She is not to be not to be uh, toyed with. But yeah. uh, and I I said this to my wife, and I said this to some of my friends. I love the hell out of shades. <laughs> <laughs> shades is just like that dude to watch. Yeah, that's how I felt. Too. Yeah. Because he, I don't know, it was just something like the way that, that he, every time he entered the screen, it was just like, he's getting ready. what is he going to do? Like, you already get the story for Cottonmouth and Mariah and, yeah. and you know, and even, you know, Diamondback, but it's like, you really don't know what Shades is going to do next. He's a wild card. Exactly. I, I liked when he got his little revenge, too. Yeah. When he knew they were going to kill him. And... Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I did like it when he took the sunglasses and he just flips them open. He's like, yeah. nice. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think that 
goes to show the talent of the actor Theo Rossi, where he, until one of the later seasons, was a pretty much a one-note character on Sons of Anarchy. Yep. And of all the people that were in that show, uh, I think he's made the, the correct first step out of distancing himself from his work in that show. Yeah. While still retaining that kind of swarmy bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? In all the Marvel projects, like, I keep finding these, like, I mean, they're doing it on purpose, so it's not like I'm brilliant, but, like, I keep finding these side characters, and I'm like, no, this is, that's a star right there. Michael Pena and Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. It's just like, yo, give him some more work, because that was... But see, I go back to Michael Pena before that, when I first, I've seen him before in other things, but the first thing I can remember seeing him in that was shocking and real was Observe and Report. Where I thought, and somebody asked me about that movie, should I watch it? I'm like, dude, you should so watch it. They're like, why? I'm like, it's Paul Blart meets Taxi Driver. And I'm like, that as a premise should not work. (laughs) But in and of itself, and if you want to go back to a movie that before the topic was being discussed in popular culture, you want to talk about mental illness and people within security, law enforcement, and perception, go watch that movie and it'll change your mind about certain things about how, as a society, we view people with mental health illnesses or lack thereof. Huh. Like, go back and give that movie a rewatch and you'll it'll put it in a whole new light for you. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I mean... Huh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's just a nice little nice little context. And everybody else yeah. thought it was one of those just really dark comedies. And it's, no, there's a there's an actual they use satire, maybe dark satire, but they use it to give a good message. It's there's a good social commentary within that. Alright, well hey, now we got a recommendation, people. There you go. Which I also think is some of the best things that they have done on Netflix is that we've gotten entertainment, social commentary and character development, and we've been able to do it to where, which goes back to what Lance and I used to always talk about, that all primetime shows need to cut it from a 22 to 24 episode season to a 13 episode season, so that way you lose filler, you lose all this extemporaneous shit that you don't need, and you get right down to character development, motivation, and advancing the storyline in a logical, concise way. I could definitely get behind that. So you don't get burnt out. Like our, our, we used to say, we should not have Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, one night after each other. There needs to be one night. Tuesday night is superhero night. So from 8 to 9, yep. and you do it the 13 episode season. 8 to 9 o'clock is, is CW superhero night. So you do it with the Flash, then you go to Arrow, then you go to Legends, then you go to Supergirl. You can still have those actors do crossover episodes, but those crossover events tend to end a season and start the next season. And so you start doing these, these bridges and you start going off like that. So you get rid of all this crap you don't need. You know, shorter episodes, shorter seasons, better storytelling, less concerned about... Is that about. why the Netflix shows work so well? I think that's why the Netflix shows work so well. Besides the fact that you're not... They're not worried about advertising revenue. So you're not getting all these commercials to go that get bloated that take away from... The momentum. So it's taking that HBO design, but taking this short season design and actually saying, how can we make this the most tight, concise storytelling where you are captivated and you've created that binge watch? And you're okay with it taking longer, like, stranger things are going to have to wait a while before that comes out, but we're okay with it because it's so good. Right, like, you know it's going to be good. You're taking the time. Yeah, yeah, don't, if, I don't, I can wait. I'm a Star Wars fan. We used to have to wait three years between the movie or, you know, better yet, 10 to 16, 17 years, you know, within these time spans where I'm okay waiting for a movie. You know, if if it wasn't for the Lord of the Rings model in the in two, from 2001 to 2003, we'd still have to do this waiting. That model helped change things, but just how... Uh, HBO changed things, and the advent of original content on Netflix has changed things. So I think, I think Marvel is at its best in a 13 episode season. I'm actually super stoked to see this six to seven episode season of The Punisher that they're doing. Yeah, man, I can't wait because he was brilliant in that in season two of Daredevil. So. Yeah, and it was 
That it, it, which I think people miss is that's a social commentary of what is the nature of justice. Yes, it is. And how far how far you can go and where that whole boundaries and line. And I think a lot of these things with violence with police officers and Just taking law to your own hands. It, yeah, and the vigilante commentary where you have two different extremes. And I think Arrow in the newest season is starting to address that too because Oliver's gone back to killing people. I also think that yeah. we, I feel like we as a whole in America are going backwards sometimes. I'm not going forwards with race or it does it's seem like, a little at yeah. the end of the day we're all human we're not black we're not white we're not male I do I do question like whether we're going backwards or if it's always been there and just we're getting more media coverage of it right because that's what they push to in our faces everybody's got one of them. exactly it was cell phones you have computer and you're seeing more of it like I mean, it's, it's also the same reason why everybody thinks that the world is coming to an end because they start tracking all these natural disasters. It's just like, no, so these are the same there. disasters that's been happening. It's just that you now know about it more frequently. Yeah. What is it? Um, as much as I'm not a huge contemporary Will Smith fan, I love old Will Smith, mm-hmm. uh, he did make a, a comment in the media where it's um, racism isn't new, it's just filmed now. Yeah. yeah. Where it's that whole, and that's that on everything and we got not to get into politics but uh with the things that are happening in america and the national coverage of the upcoming presidential election no well i'm I'm not i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go into either in either person okay but it it seems to me that it just it just seems like i'm like oh what day is the election november 8th Word up. Well, okay, wait, what time? Doctor Strange comes out November 4th? Oh, wait, I, I gotta look forward to this. Star, Star Wars Rogue One's in December. I'm not, like, the, the focus seems to be where it's like a dog and pony show. Yeah. Where it's just, it's, it's no longer feels relevant and we have to go outside of the normal sources to get our proper education, information, information yeah. where you have to you have to really want to seek things out nowadays. Mm-hmm. Just like when we watch these shows and we're going for seeking out the Easter eggs, seeking out the little tiny gems and the hidden meanings and all that stuff. Nobody wants nobody. It's not out there anymore. Where it's where it's pretty upfront and blatant. Everything is has to be. Yeah, it's it's almost like you can't trust any 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 sources any anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a little bit of what you said. But then I gotta go do some research just because I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, but I also think that's a part of our culture too, with especially with as much as I love Netflix, it's one of those things where people don't want to have to go seek things out and be patient anymore. They don't want to have to yeah. do extra extra research on things anymore. They that's just why they believe everything They just want to. It's that fast food consumer nation, you know. It's yeah, and we, just, and we treat our media that way for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just there where it's just right there. Of course, yeah, of course, they treat their education like that too. Yeah. Like, well, if, it, not, if you can't put this knowledge directly into my brain, I'm not gonna. Yeah. What's What's the saddest thing it. with uh, with American public schools? History is not a required subject anymore. Huh. Well, and on that same subject, not everybody learns the same way. True. If you know you're a fish, double saying, if you're a fish and you tell it to climb a tree and it can't climb the tree, then it's gonna think it's a failure its whole life. Yep. Not everybody's gonna. Country. <laughs> you know, I actually did uh, take a, a college course where we did, we did study uh, how people learn, whether it be more visual or, you yeah, know, and stuff yeah. like that. And, and they don't do that. It's like text, and they vomit it at you, and if you don't pick up on anything, you fail. Right. I mean, it wasn't until like a couple decades ago they even started looking at learning disabilities with real life. So, uh, yeah. But that's why a, even that's a, a disability? <laughs> right. But that's a whole other. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. We, I think we uh, have deviated. Right off right. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about cottonmouth and fancy suits. And <laughs> yeah, um, the style in that show was very, at times contemporary, at other times retro. Where you're like, yeah, you know, you, especially like hip hop stars when you watch them on like MTV or something like that, or uh, NFL stars. You're like, what the hell kind of suit is he wearing? You're like, what the hell is that? So who's that? Is that your daddy's Easter suit? The Blazers suit? do that too. The Blazers do that too, but you look at Dame and CJ, they are yeah. well dressed where he's just like, damn, that's, they can Crab. wear a suit. Crab's one that yeah. t- tries to kind of 
Okay. It's like, why do you have capri jeggings on <laughs> with a sports <laughs> blazer that has money symbols shirt. on it and it's pure white? I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> Billin, Billin, he one on one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, even Vincent D'Onofrio had like his wardrobe was incredible in Daredevil and and all that. But like, I guess if we're gonna go back to the villain list, I'm still gonna put Kingpin up here yeah. just because of his story. Um, and then, I mean, Loki's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's gotta be for me Kingpin. Probably Cottonmouth right underneath that, just because I, I find like they can roll in the same circles, honestly. And then I want to give a shout out for my boy that plays Turk, because that dude <laughs> uh, cracks me up. And he's he's one of the other ones who's been in every yeah. Netflix series. Yes, he is. And I'm trying to remember that actor because I know I've seen him in other things, but I can't. I'm pretty sure I just saw him in something else where he's playing a cop. I don't remember what show it was. It was a TV show, a, mm. like, a, like a murder show, something like that. And he's playing a police officer, which I thought was hilarious. So I think I'm when you look it up. when you go to my villain list, including the cinematic universe, the, yeah. the the movies, I think I go I go Kingpin, Purple Man, Ooh, Purple Man, yeah. Cottonmouth, and then um, what what is his name? I can't remember his name from Civil War. The uh. The guy who orchestrated the whole thing. He didn't. He didn't uh, oh, 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 yeah, oh um, David, that one sucker. Um, can't believe he. Yeah, him. Him. <laughs> uh, and then I want to go. Uh, Robert Redford. Oh yeah, and, yeah, he's good. Balance, yeah. And Winter Soldier. And then I think I even go down to uh, my next one would have to be Ronan the Accuser. Because it, it shows because Thanos is kind Where of... Where does like Ultron fit on this list? Ultron? Is on list? Ultron is... Is last. Okay. Ultron is is last. Uh, I think out of all the Iron Man villains, Whiplash was the best. That's sad. <laughs> you know, because they, they could have really had us, had us with Ben Kingsley and then they fucked that up. I liked I liked the idea that he wasn't the real Mandarin. Like that made I like that idea too. Uh, but I think the execution was bad because all of a sudden you got Guy Pierce coming out of the corner. I'm like, 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 no, he's definitely not the real Mandarin. No, no. <laughs> but I think they they missed they missed an opportunity because if you go to the one shot that was on the Iron Man three DVD, Ben Kingsley walks into prison and this guy comes up to him and goes like, the real Mandarin wants to talk to you, and he's like, excuse me. He's like, and they break him out of prison because there's a real Mandarin. Right. And it is. Which I think, with the advent of bringing Doctor Strange into it, we could get the real Mandarin. That would be nice because, like, they referenced the Army of the Ten Rings enough time and enough times in uh, Iron Man One. I'm like, I really want to see the Army of the Ten Rings, and I want to see the Mandarin. Yeah. Um. In the most ridiculous outfit you <laughs> that you could find. I I want it to be so bad it looks like the trailer for that new Matt Damon movie called The Wall. Oof. Have you seen that trailer? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, oh that man. looks so terrible. I was so mad at Matt Damon. I'm like, why you do this, man? Yeah, I'm like, I'm we're like, cool. Uh, I look at that. I'd be like, oh man, did you did you read the biography of Tom Cruise and you thought you was gonna be the last samurai right, too? Right, like, no, man, no, not you too. But that makes me think of Paul Mooney on the Chappelle Show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, here we go. That's like, oh wow, Matt Damon is a part of the Great Wall of China. It's just like Tom Hanks is gonna play the last brother on earth. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah villains but I think one of the overlooked villains that was really good was Bill Paxton in the first season of Agents of Shield. Shield yeah where the first half of that season really dragged but the end of that season especially because they were waiting for Civil War to come out to show that Hydra's infiltrated Shield yeah. Bill Paxton's character was that nice segue and then uh, um Madame Mask in H in season two of Agent oh, Carter, yeah. where she was there was there, it was nice to see something different and see character development. And the fact that they didn't continue Agent Carter, it really hurts. It's really frustrating because I like Haley Atwell was just it's just fantastic. She's great. Uh, but in that oh, and also the actress of the Madame Mask, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's, no, she's good, but yeah. Yeah, Kingpin's still the number one, but the, the cinematic universe, I mean, you could have Ultron, Yellow Jacket, they're all 
sitting at the bo- Obadiah. That sucks. That's a villain. That witch chick. Witch? Oh, from, Scarlet Witch. When she no, was the. Oh, no, I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about from Harley. That. Oh, so is that what? Yeah. It's just jumping universes now. Yeah, I know. She's definitely just, universes, she's terrible. Universes, no, but she's, she's terrible. Yeah, she was pretty awful. She looked like she had pee the whole time. Right. So, I was like, what is it? Is that how you, is that how you kind of spirit? You gotta do the sexy dance? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that woman, that witch is that too. Yeah, she doesn't like Scarlet Witch. I, I, I'm, I'm, which is what Nick gets me, uh, curious about Doctor Strange is, I don't think they figured out how to do magic well yet, and I'm interested to see, because it's like, I'm gonna do a lot of hand movements, and we're gonna have some fantastic colors, but Doctor Strange looked like they took comic books and Fucked Inception and decided to right, give it a yeah. tough. I was thinking the same time. I was like, it's Inception. That's what the magic looked like in the background. Yeah, like, I'm, okay, I'm cool. actually uh, interested to see what happens with uh, my boy uh, Chiltel Edgefor. Is that how you say uh, it? Chiltel Edgefor? Yeah, who's playing Mordo. Yeah. You know, because I mean, we are, if you read your comic books, you already know that Mordo is definitely going to become a bad guy. It's very Mordo. Huh. You know, that is really his arch nemesis. Yeah. So they said, I mean, I. I don't. I I am not up on my Doctor Strange history, but I know that fact that whoever's the vil- this villain in this first movie, they're gonna defeat him. But something's gonna happen between Strange and Mordo. I mean, not enemies. If we're gonna, and that's a reference a, a shitty comic book movie, but it's it's kind of like in Green Lantern where he was fighting that his one main villain, but his buddy who trained him ends up becoming his real arch nemesis right. villain. I, I can't remember the names to save my life. I don't, I, I honestly have never seen that whole movie. So. <laughs> Lance and I went to a midnight showing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay, I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we're good. I think, uh, I think there's hope yet to come out. Iron Fist comes out in March next year. Yeah. I am interested to see people's reaction. Uh, just I hope it's pleasant. I I hope it's pleasant. I hope people don't immediately start bringing out the whitewash stuff. Well, I mean, yes, you. They, if that was the case, they needed to bring that out like when it was created, yeah, a long ass time ago. They cast a white dude now because it's been a white dude for like thirty years. Yeah, and his best friend is Luke Cage. Like, like yeah. I. Because that's why there's a comic titled Pyroman and Iron Fist. They did say, there is rumor saying that they are casting Shang-Chi in the, movie, in the show as well. Okay. So, that, Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu. Now, if that's a white dude, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a little upset. We can have some issues. <laughs> we can have some issues. I'm just interested to see the actor play it because I've only seen him in one other thing. and He was uh, Game of Thrones? Loris, Laurel, Loras Tyrell in yeah. Game of Thrones. So... I think he's gonna be great. Yes, I think I think so. We have another we we have another Marvel white billionaire who's decided to take justice into his own hands. Literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think we've we've strayed off topic, stayed on topic, and well, gone sideways. But we had fun with it. Yes, yes. This was like an episode of season uh, six of Lost. You didn't know which direction we were going, but we bounced around. So thank you, Sean, for for coming out. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Oh, yeah. Not like it. Yeah, I put the laptop on my lap. It works.